Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, Genesis 46 and verse 1, here we go. And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father, Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father and their little ones and their wives in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters with all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. Let's pray. Father, open our hearts now, open our minds, open our spirits, Lord, as we now study your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so here we are. We've been studying here in, in what, what's, what's really been an extraction process. Hasn't been easy, but it's been an extraction process whereby Jacob is being extracted out of the land of Egypt, and God has promised to go down with them there, and it's complicated. And part of the complication with this is that the invitation for Jacob to come down into Egypt has been made by his sons, and he doesn't trust his sons. He doesn't believe them. He's always assumed that they've murdered uh, Joseph for, for over 20 years, you've been assuming this, that they lied to him. And now these are the same sons who are telling him that, no, Joseph is still alive and he's the ruler of all Egypt. And so really, Jacob's sons were bringing him a great message. It was a message of hope. It was good, but they didn't, he didn't believe them until he saw the wagons. And then he thought, well, there must be something to it. I mean, who would have thought that Egyptian wagons would have played such a pivotal role in the development of the nation of Israel, but they did. Now, Jacob was just afraid. He was afraid to go down to Egypt because he didn't believe his sons, and that's an interesting for us as we kind of look at that. When we see the sons of Jacob, they're smiling, and they're telling their father this good news. You got to come down, and and really there was two, two, two news, two good news Two, two parts of the good news that, 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 that they were telling him. First, they were telling that, look, Jacob, they're telling their father, Joseph is alive. He's still alive. 
And, and, and he wants to be the savior of the family. He wants to feed and nourish them. And then they told him that, you know, Joseph has forgiven us. I'm not sure that they told him all that he had forgiven him of. He said, that's not important. But he just assumed that it was the worst. But anyway, and then so finally Jacob decides, okay, he's going to leave. He starts off in verse 1, and he stops as we saw because he's afraid. He stops at this place in Beersheba, and he offers sacrifices to God. And then God gives him assurance, go ahead, go down there. And he gives him five promises First he says, the first promises he makes to Jacob is he says to him, I'm going to take your family and make it a great nation down there in Egypt. And then he promises to bring them up again. Now, it's pretty clear that, that when God was speaking to Jacob about bringing them up again, that he was speaking of, of, of the future generations of Jacob. He's going to bring them out. Because Jacob understood that, yes, he was going to come back, but, you know, his dead body was going to be what was going to be brought out of Egypt. And then third, God promised Jacob that, that, that he was going to go down with him into Egypt. He wasn't going to be without God down there. And then fourth, he promised him that Joseph was going to be the one who was going to close his eyes in death. So these are four promises, and with these promises, Jacob says, okay, and he's not afraid, and he goes down into Egypt. And we saw in verse 1 that, 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 that as he starts off, he hesitates, he stops at Beersheba, and then God speaks to him, and God calls him by his name, and he didn't want to, he calls him, it says Israel started off on the journey, Israel offered sacrifices, but then when God spoke to him, he uses that name that God said, I don't want to use that name anymore. Jacob, I, I don't like that name, Jacob, he said that back in Genesis 32, but he says it in Genesis 46 too. He says, Jacob, Jacob, as his back and forth with Israel, sometimes he's Israel, sometimes he's Jacob, and we've seen how Jacob represents his old fallen nature. It's the man of the flesh. He doesn't want to do what God wants him to do. And Israel represents the new nature, the new nature, which is the prince of God who wants to do what God wants him to do. So the way this sort of sorts out here in, in Genesis is that the more that Jacob is called Jacob, that's bad. That's the worse it is. And the more he's called Israel, that's good. That's the better it is, right? So, you know, because Jacob, he was given this name Israel in Genesis 32. So before Genesis 32, he didn't have the name Israel. So it's kind of interesting that we're now here at Genesis 45, and at Genesis 32, we have this pivotal point where he was given this new name of Israel. So we can, and then we're going back and forth. Sometimes it's Israel, sometimes it's Jacob. So we kind of look at them all, and we say, okay, from Genesis 32 until Genesis, let's say, 45, how many times is this man referred to in Scripture and verses? Well, it's 74 times. Don't bother counting them now. Just take my word for it. It's 74 times. Okay, so out of those 74 times from Genesis 32 when he was given the name Israel, till Genesis 45, how many times was, was he referred to as Israel? As Israel. Well, I can tell you it's 14 times. So that's about 20%. So about 20% of the time from Genesis 32 till now, more or less at the end of Genesis 45, 
he's called Israel 20% of the time. Now, what happens from Genesis 45 till he dies in Genesis 50, okay? So, well, he's actually referred to in verses 54 times. There's 54 verses that refer to him from, uh, uh, from, from now, Genesis 45, on to the, until he dies. And of those 54 times, 25 times, he's called Israel. And, that, and that's about 50% of the time. So that's progress. You know, we're, we're making progress here with him because we've gone from him being called from 32 to 45. We've called him being called Israel 20% of the time to this latter second half of his life where he's called Israel 50% of the time. Now that's good because what's happening there. You know, we got a, we got an 80, 80, 20 over here. We got 80% Jacob, 20% Israel over here. And then we have a 50, 50 over here, 50%, you know, Jacob and 50% Israel. So we have 80% Jacob over here. And then we have 50% Jacob over here. So what's happening? Jacob is decreasing. Okay. And then over here, we have 20% Israel. Over here, we hit, you know, I mean, we have 20% Israel. And over here, we have 50% Israel. So what's happening? Israel is increasing. So, so Jacob is decreasing, Israel is increasing. That's progress in his life. And for us, God is more concerned about the progress and the growing that we do as Christians as opposed to what particular level we are at. He wants to see progress. Progress is growth. And, 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 and that's what John the Baptist was referring to when he said in John 3.30, John 3.30, he must increase and I must decrease. And, and that's what's happening with Jacob, with going from the 20% Israel reference to the 50% Israel. Jacob is decreasing and Israel is increasing. And so, so now that's really important for us because we're, it's December 31st because it's the last day of the year here. So, so, <coughs> and so we're told so this is very important for us to take to heart on this, this last year because we're standing right now on, on, this, on this, 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 this dividing line as, we, as the last day of the old year, 2017, which Irene corrected me on, so that's good. And now I know what year we're talking about. And, and we're on the year of a new, even a new year now, 2018. We should be asking ourselves a question. How was last year for us individually in terms of progress? How did we do last year in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the goal of I must decrease and the Lord Jesus must increase? And as we look at this new year of 2018 before us, all of us should want to progress farther in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be going from the 20% to the 50% you know, of Israel to progress like Jacob did, less of Jacob, more of Israel, and then we need to take some advice. And so some advice that Jehovah Jesus gives us, we, we extract that, we can extract that from the advice that he gave to the Jewish people when they were in their most depressing state, the most depressed state uh, uh, in their history of the Jewish people is when they were in Babylon. And that period of their history, sadly, can be titled Slaves Again. That's the worst part. <laughs> it was slaves again. And because during that period of slaves again, when they were in Babylon, God gave to Israel encouragement 
advice, and it's all centered in Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43 is a wonderful chapter for us to meditate on today, on New Year's Eve, as we look back on 2017, we look forward to 2018, we want to progress like Jacob does, For does we want to be like, progress like Jacob did for 2018. And so God told Israel what they had to do in this wonderful chapter of Isaiah 43, which is a direction for us for the new year. In which God, and, and it starts off really with God waiting. He's waiting for them. It's, if you look at Isaiah 43 and verse 26, he says to Israel, put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. <clears throat> amazing. Put me in remembrance. And then uh, an even more amazing statement. Let us plead together. Let us plead together that thou mayest be justified. So it's a great chapter, this chapter, and we don't have time to go through the whole chapter. But this chapter, New Year's Eve, is great for us as we look back on 2018, look forward to 2017, look forward to 18. Because in this chapter, God is waiting for the Jewish people to put him in remembrance. This last week I was speaking to a lost Jewish person and as we were talking, and you know, we're talking about our, he's talking about his life, and he's describing, you know, many things. And I was thinking, boy, you know, he's built his life like the great, typical European experiment, the great, typical secular European experiment, which really started in earnest after World War II. He's made his life without God. He has made his life without God. Just like Psalm says in Psalm 10, verse 4, when it said, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. God is not in any of his thoughts. And I said to him, as I was listening to him, and he's describing his life, you know, it's reminding because I went to school over in Europe, and I got to see that firsthand. And then I've, we have a business that really did a lot in, in Europe, continues to do. So I got to travel there a lot. And I got to see, this is very different from the U.S. Now, Obama wanted to make it the same as the U.S., but it's very different from the U.S. because they really have, for all intents and purposes, have constructed for them, themselves, for the most part, in Europe, lives without God. Lives without God. I remember one time I was with a European one time, and I told him about how I had believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was a friend, and he kind of looked at me friendly. <clears throat> he said, you really need to seek psychiatric help. And he was serious. Anyway, so <clears throat> I said to my friend, my lost Jewish friend, I have a question for you. I have a question for you. What would you fill in as a blank for the simple sentence of, I need God for blank? What would you put down? I need God for, what do you need God for in life? Anything? Anything at all? Now, most people today really can't answer that question for what they need God for, and that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy because it's the influence of the typical European model of secular life without God. And that's why God said to Israel first in Isaiah 43, 26, put me in remembrance, put me in remembrance. You know, it's like God saying, remember me? <laughs> remember me? And it's God saying, start filling in the blank for the statement. I need God for blank. For what? 
Why do you need God for? Put it in there. And God is waiting for Israel to do to just put God in all their thoughts. Think about God. Well, think what about God? First of all, start off with what is God like? What is God like? You know, if a person searches that, starts that search, that personal search, to find out what God is like, you know what it's going to lead to? It's going to lead to the discovery that the nature of God is to care. And that's astounding. The nature of God is to care. And then the next thought, what have I done against God? What have I done against God? That search will lead to the discovery of Isaiah 59.1. Isaiah 59.1 and 2, where it says, the Lord's hand is not shortened, he cannot save. His ear is not heavy, he cannot hear. Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your iniquities, your sins have hid his face from him that he will not hear. And then another question would be, what do I got to do to fix this? What do I have to do to repair this? What do I have to do to repair the breach between God and me that my sins have caused? And that will lead to the discovery of Isaiah 118. Isaiah 118, come now, where God says, come now, and let us reason together. God's saying, let's sit down about this, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They be red like crimson, they'll be as wool. And then how about the thought of pursuing, how can God do that? How can God forgive all my sins? That search will lead to the discovery of Isaiah 53.5. Isaiah 53.5 that says, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, with his stripes we are healed, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. But no progress starts for anyone, 2018 or any time, without the first step in this, which is Isaiah 43, 26, put me in remembrance, put me in remembrance. That's why the most important advice that we can give to any lost person is just three words. You need God. You need God. You don't need religion. You don't need religion. You don't need traditions. You need God, just God. And as far as 2018 is concerned, we look forward to that. And as far as 2017 is concerned, when we look backward and, 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 and we see, you know, if we say, you know, I just haven't progressed. I haven't, there's no progression. I don't feel that way. Then God says, okay, then come to verse 26, Isaiah 43, 26. Put me in remembrance because that's going to lead to the discovery that the nature of God is to care. Now, the next advice that we can also take as we look back on 2017 and we want a better 2018 with God is to see that God was pleading with Israel. He said in, 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 in verse 26, Isaiah 43, 26, Isaiah 43, 26, he says, declare thou that thou mayest be justified. You know, there's one thing that God cannot do, and that is to confess for us that we are sinners. Each person must do that. That's why God says in that verse, Isaiah 43, 26, declare thou, declare thou, 
just like he said to Israel in Hosea 5.4. Hosea 5.4, God said, they will not frame their doings to turn unto the Lord, turn unto their God. For the spirit of whoredoms is in the midst of them, and they have not known the Lord. And the pride of Israel doth testify to his face. Therefore Israel and Ephraim shall fall in their iniquity. Judah shall also fall with them. It's pride. It's pr- they will not frame their doings. They will not declare that they're sinners. They will not frame what they've done and say, that frame says sin all around it. They won't do that, and it's because of pride. Pride keeps a person from saying the three words, I have sinned. That's what pride does. And this is a tragedy. This is a tragedy. This is the tragedy that you're, when you're reading through the book of Revelation and all these judgments, and you come to these statements in the book of Revelation, you say, it's tragic when it says in Revelation 2.21, and God says, I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. And Revelation 9.20, Revelation 9.20, the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, neither can see, which can neither can see nor hear nor walk. And then Revelation 16.9, Revelation 16.9, which says, the men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. That's amazing. God has power over the plagues. He's bringing great heat on them. They're being scorched by it. Instead of pleading to him, repenting, they, they blaspheme the one who has the power. And then it says, and they repented not to give him glory. And then in Revelation 16, 11, Revelation 16, 11 says, they blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. Everything hinges on repentance. And, and because we're all sinners by nature, that's us. Color us sin. We are all sinners by nature. Repentance should be a pretty familiar friend to us. Shouldn't be foreign. That's why the whole ministry of John the Baptist, you can look at the ministry of John the Baptist and say, what was he doing? He was making repentance a friend to the people. And that's how John the Baptist was preparing the way of the Lord. He was preparing the people for the coming of the Lord by his ministry of repentance. All that John the Baptist did for the Jewish people was just get them to say those three words, I have sinned. That's it. That was his whole ministry. And that's what's meant by, in Isaiah 43, 26, Isaiah 43, 26, declare thou, God says, do it, declare thou, that thou mayest be justified. You know, declare thou, is God was saying, just confess it, just confess it. You know, the devil in our flesh says, just do it. That's what God told Eve at the garden there. He says, look, it looks nice, huh? Yeah, well, I got more news for you. It tastes wonderful, and it'll make your eyes open. Just do it. Just do it. He pushed her, and she did it. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. 
You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. The Creation and Earth History Museum is excited to present our Israel Live summer trips in June, July, and August. Experience a trip to the Holy Land where you'll walk in the footsteps of Jesus and His Apostles, visit some of the most important sites to human history, and seek to make friendships with Jewish people that'll last a lifetime and into eternity. We hope you'll join us in reaching the nation of Israel, one friendship at a time. For more info, visit us at israelalive.org. That's israelalive.org.